0: First Person Advisors is now a subsidiary of NFP, the fifth largest insurance broker in the world, combining local expertise with access to global capabilities and solutions. Learn more at firstpersonadvisors.com. And that's why it is an honor, ladies and gentlemen. It is my honor to introduce Ms. Beth Goetz, the next director of intercollegiate athletics for Ball State University. For Beth Goetz, returning to Indiana to take over Ball State's athletics department, a no-brainer. She's a Midwesterner who had already learned the ropes at Butler University.
1: Growing up here in the Midwest, having spent almost five years in the state of Indiana, um, you know that was that was a draw, you know, right off the bat because I felt like it was a community that I really could relate relate to and engage with.
0: She's been on the job for about four years now and has helped guide the Renaissance of Ball State sports. The Ball State Cardinals are champions of the Mid-American Conference. All state director of athletics, Beth Getz, one of only about two dozen women leading major college athletics programs in the United States. She's my guest this week on the Business and Beyond Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Business and Beyond podcast presented by PNC. I'm Gary Dick. She's been there. Beth Getz has walked the walk as a student athlete, played on the pitch for Clemson's women's soccer team in the mid-90s, and she's a Midwesterner, grew up the oldest of four in suburban St. Louis. Beth got her degree in psychology and thought she might want to become a therapist, but she couldn't shake the sports bug and eventually started coaching soccer. Then moving on to the administrative side of Collegiate Athletics. She was named Director of Athletics at Ball State University four years ago. And I'm pleased to have Beth on the podcast this week. Beth, uh, thanks for joining me. How are things in Muncie?
1: Thanks, Gary. It's a pleasure to be with you uh, today. And, and things in Muncie are great. The sun is shining. We are um, almost uh, have almost concluded another um, exciting year. And uh, we're just uh, really pleased with how everything's going here for the Cardinals
0: yeah what what is um I'm sure there's no downtime as an athletics director but you get a little bit of a chance to kind of recharge in the summer is it a little less hectic
1: yeah I think most people will probably tell you there's maybe a uh maybe the last week in june first week in July I tend to tend to be maybe the two two of the quieter weeks in college athletics but you know honestly the more sports the better for us so we, we we enjoy it when our when our student athletes are competing and and although a short short turnaround time in the summer um it uh it's 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 almost uh, uh, almost like you're you're just pushing for football season to <laughs> to, to get here again so we like the cycle
0: What's it like to be an athletic director today? Because uh, it has obviously changed over time. And, and certainly, uh, I, I would, I would guess in the last year with so many things in uh, IL and all of the, the things we see that are, are front burner issues. What, uh, what are the challenges of being an athletics director today?
1: Yeah, you know, that's a really interesting uh, question in our day and time and with the the uh, transformational things that we think right. we're going to see here in our industry. Um, you know, I, I think at the core, Gary, the, the things that drew us all Um, to college athletics are are still front and center for most of us in our day-to-day, right? It's the experience that we can provide these young men and women, the belief that we have that college athletics um, and this competitive environment um, really enhances the educational experience and and provides them additional tools that are gonna help them to be successful long after um, their careers in sports um, conclude. Uh, but, But I do think just the awareness of things that are going on nationally, whether that be pending litigation, um, is there going to be congressional involvement in some components of major college sports? Uh, you've got name, image, and likeness. We're concerned about mental health issues that we see, not just in student athletes, but we are not immune to that. And, and I think we've we've seen our, our fair share in that area. So. Certainly, a different time, and and a lot to to navigate beyond uh, what we all think about in uh, in terms yeah. of just being out on the fields of competition.
0: Yeah, everyone has an opinion uh, seemingly on name, image, likeness. Uh, from your standpoint, how do you think this is going to play out? I mean, I guess no one knows for sure, but gosh, there's so much, uh, so much buzz about this, so much uh, going on around uh, nil. What, what's your take?
1: Yeah, you know, I think philosophically, this is a space we were delayed in getting into for a long time. And so, uh, you know, I, I think I would say here at Ball State and, and me personally, we, we're a proponent of student athletes being able to build their brands and use their brands and monetize those when when appropriate. Um, and I think that that's an avenue that's been available to general students for for decades. And we were, we've been too slow to get there. And as a result of that, we sort of fumbled into the space um, and some guardrails now about, uh, that would help us define how this was truly intended, as opposed to it being an inducement. Um, and to try to stay away from pay, pay for play is, is really what you're trying to uh, to capture, um, if you can. And the genie sort of got out of the bottle, and now you're trying to roll it back in and add some guidance. And I think that's going to be really challenging, to be quite honest. But. Mm-hmm. At its core, I think there's it's a positive. I, I also think some stability comes over time. The market tends to right-size itself, and so you're hopeful that between us trying um, collectively as an industry trying to figure out how to appropriately uh, monitor and force uh, the components of NIL that we want to stay, hold true to, and the market right-sizing itself that Perhaps we can see our, see our way through this. Um, but it's an interesting time, and, and I think we came out uh, firing on all c- cylinders here, and it's been impactful, uh, particularly in high profile places.
0: There are those who say Nil is the ruination of college sports. You, it sounds like you don't agree. I,
1: I think in the right context, and when I say the right context, the in combination with the institution's brand, an individual student athlete does have a brand and their ability to monetize that brand while they're participating uh, for your institution, I think is a positive. Um, When you get into a space where it's being used um, to entice students to come or as a, in a way that it's going to be seen as pay for play. So if you're successful, this is what you receive. Um, If you don't, we're going to take back the car. Um, those are, they may seem like nuanced um, distinctions, but I think that's much different than somebody figuring out how to be entrepreneurial. Um, again, a skill that we we want them to have as they, uh, you know, as they they go through their educational process. And so there's some fine lines there, but the distinctions I think are, are pretty impactful. So, you know, I, in my opinion, we want to continue down the down the space of of helping to educate them and on taxes and um, you know how how to uh, build your brand and market yourself while at the same time protecting what we believe is 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 uh, you know the foundation of collegiate sports, which is that it's not a pay for play enterprise.
0: Yeah, how would you characterize the state of Ball State uh, athletics
1: today? Yeah, we've been really encouraged over the past few years um, in several areas. And I say that knowing that we're not yet satisfied. You know, it's been really important to us that we raise the level of excellence. And and we want to do that on the fields of competition um, in the classroom and in our commitment to really help develop uh, these student athletes, so they're prepared to go out and be leaders in their communities and and in their industry of choice. We've had record-setting uh, three years of consecutive record-setting academic standards across the boards. Um, you know, our student athletes are graduating at an incredibly high rate. Um, You know, we just concluded a spring semester with a, you know, department GVA of a 3.4. And so um, we're really proud of the efforts of our student athletes that are supported by our faculty and staff and certainly coaches in that, in that area. And we're winning more championships. As you know, if if you're a competitor, uh, winning more is never, uh, never enough. We want to sustain that success. We want to be successful across the board, but we certainly can point over the last couple of years to um, incredible momentum and uh, a tremendous. Year by football two years um ago with the championship. Last year, even this year, with our, our bowl appearance, that's only the third time in school history. We've had back-to-back bowl appearances. Um, often is said Ball State's a volleyball school. We've more than proved that uh, this season uh with championship runs by both men's and women's volleyball, women's tennis is fire and all centers. But we want to continue to to grow and and uh make that contagious so we're we're um, successful in in all areas so um we're really pleased with where things are but we we're we're not yet satisfied and we want to continue to to uh to grow and and uh you know be able to, to sustain that success across all our sports
0: yeah football and basketball typically get you know most of the attention uh, in college sports but as an athletic director i'm sure one of your your key challenges is is really Trying to achieve success across the board uh, in all sports and both men's and and women's.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, you're, we're equally invested now. Whether or not there are as many eyes, you know, on the field hockey uh, field or the soccer pitch, um, is you know, is a relevant question. But you know, excellence in in all places is really important. So we wanna we wanna be competitive. Um, the MAC is. Uh, has a lot of parity across our sports, uh, but I, you know we want to provide that great experience and opportunities uh, to be champions um, in, in all of the sports, um, without a doubt.
0: You've got uh, talking about the two high-profile sports: Hoosiers, uh, Indiana guys leading football, and Mike New, and then um, uh, Michael Lewis and basketball. That's a, that that sounds like a I, when I saw that I thought that was a, a, a great move uh, and, and one that is going to energize, I think, the program.
1: Yeah. Well and I think we're seeing that already and I'm just I couldn't be more thrilled to have Michael join uh the team here I really do feel he uh is is the best fit for us here at Ball State his energy his passion and certainly his history you know as a Hoosier and you know one of the things that that we know certainly there's a uh, some exciting points in Ball State's history um from a basketball perspective with sweet 16 uh runs back in the 90s and it's important in in the state of Indiana to to be good in this sport, um, and so I think his energy, what he brings to the table, is is uh, is definitely what we were looking for in in terms of uh, bringing that excitement back to Muncie and giving us an opportunity to compete on the highest stage. Your path to
0: Ball State uh, included uh, leadership positions at UConn, at Minnesota, I mentioned earlier, Butler, um, Missouri, St. Louis. What what attracted you? to Ball
1: State. Yeah, you know, I think um, there's a couple things that are always really important. And, and I do think, you know, this uh, to say fit is maybe uh, uh, is is overused, but I, I do think finding a place where you feel like uh, your values are, are going to align with theirs, where you, you feel like you understand the culture in and around the state and around the program. And certainly that was a piece of that here at Ball State. Um, I was really energized knowing that there was an opportunity to move the needle. So, you know, it's exciting to be a part of um, not building something that the pieces already here at Ball State, but maybe re-engaging, re-energizing and resetting that level of competitive success. And I felt we had the opportunity to do that. One of the reasons I felt that was true was really about what's going on across the university under the leadership of President Merns and to just be a part of um, a small part in athletics, perhaps, but a part of driving the mission of, of Ball State. Um, and growing that and and how our institution serves the the state of Indiana was just really exciting to me
0: well at UConn you had a chance to work for uh, a legendary coach uh work with uh, a legendary coach uh, Gino Ariema talk about what makes him successful I mean his success is legendary in, in any sport I mean you have to look at that guy and what he's achieved what what in your view what makes him successful
1: Yeah, you know, it's, there's actually a long list. And when you, when you have that, that opportunity to be around that day in and day out, it it just, your appreciation grows for what it takes to build um, something like uh, Coach Oriana has done. And, and, and I think that, you know, there's a handful of things that, that you see consistently when you're looking at, at champions. And, you know, I think it's a a few things. One, their attention to detail and how they determine that they are going to define expectations. The consistency that he holds his staff, his team to on a daily basis of striving uh, to improve, to get better. You know, there's sort of a no day off uh, mentality. Um, And I I say that not to the extent that, you know, there aren't moments of, of downtime, but when you are in, you should be all in. And so that level of consistency is really um, incredible. And And I think it's about identifying the way that coach is able to identify those who aspire to that and can do so in a way where they are both humble, as humble as you can be when you've won the number of national championships, but as a member of a team because your, your number might be called at different points in time. And so when you're taking elite athletes um, in, in any sport and asking them to not necessarily always be the go-to individual, um, his ability to do that's really incredible. And the other, the other thing I just, I always mention about him is that as hard as his expectations, as uh, high as his expectations are and as, and as much as he um, really drives them on the court, he's equally as hard and his love and care for them, off the of, yeah. you know off the court, um, and those those young women, um, and and certainly those he's uh, that are now <laughs> playing professionally or leading their own own lives would be the first to to tell you that that passion extends on and off the court.
0: Yeah, uh, speaking of women's athletics, uh, and, and certainly you were a student athlete uh, in college. This is an anniversary, your big anniversary for title IX that landmark legislation. and I, I, I think Paul State I think you're having kind of a year-long celebration uh, yeah. marking that. as you as you reflect on and look at Title IX, the importance of that legislation uh, to you personally and then maybe more broadly, what are your thoughts on Title IX legislation and what it means.
1: Yeah, you know, it's in my seat in particular. I look back and and think about the opportunities that were provided to me, and that that just wouldn't have existed for my mom, for example, who who was an athlete um, and didn't have the opportunity to play and engage the way that. Uh, the way that I have. but I, I think the access to, to to certainly education generally, but through sport, um you've seen just record numbers of of uh, women playing at, uh, sport at all levels. Um, you know we all we all uh, stand on the shoulders of of the giants that came before us. but it, it's not just about the opportunity in in one sport season, but it's about the opportunity to, to learn and grow and what that leads to, um, the lessons that you learn and the skills you develop later in life. And so um, just feel really fortunate that, that I was able to experience that. I love that we now have to educate our student athletes on what it used to be like. Um, And it's not to say we've gotten to where we need to go yet, but it's second, they don't think about a time where they wouldn't have had an opportunity to participate in sport at their high schools um, or certainly at the collegiate level. Um, So uh, yeah, certainly significant piece of legislation 50 years ago, um, and it's uh, made a difference across so many spaces.
0: We'll have much more with Beth Getz when we return. Uh, Beth Getz, the student athlete, the coach, Growing up in St. Louis, much more when the Business and Beyond podcast returns. First Person Advisors is now a subsidiary of National Financial Partners, the fifth largest insurance broker and consultant in the world. Develop your total reward strategies all in one place with the combination of First Person's local expertise and NFP's global resources and integrated solutions. Learn more at firstpersonadvisors.com. Welcome back to the Business and Beyond podcast presented by PNC. My guest this week, Ball State Athletics Director, Beth Getz. And uh, Beth, you are a Midwesterner, right? Grew up in St. Louis. And I have to say, before I go any further, I, I noticed in doing a little research, we have one really important thing in common, and that's you're a St. Louis Cardinal baseball fan.
1: Oh, I am a baseball, a Cardinal baseball fan. I thought that was going to be a great thing when I joined the Cardinals here at Ball State. And <laughs> yeah, a- actually, aren't that many of us um, <laughs> right here in Indiana. But uh, it's a way of life when you grow yeah. up in, in St. Louis. I always tell people, I you know, you know, I don't have one childhood memory without the sound of Jack Buck on the yeah, radio uh, in the game. Um, you know, being played on the on, on the old radio in the kitchen. And so it's been really, really exciting. And they're off to a good start this year. And, I mean, yep. you got Poo and he's even pitching. Uh, I know. Pitch I saw in that. in the bottom of the tonight. park. So
0: <laughs> it's super. <laughs> Talk about it briefly here. But St. Louis is such a baseball town. I mean, I, I would argue the best baseball town uh, in the United States. That Cardinal baseball, like you say, it is religion there
1: there it is. I mean, you people talk about baseball like you talk about the weather and other. <laughs> parts of of the country but it you know it's as they say it's America's, America's pastime but I think in that city there's just so many components that tie um that, that run through what baseball means to that town um and certainly they had lots of success I mean I you know growing up there I just assumed everybody played baseball in October because the cardinals <laughs> rush right? right. yeah um and uh it, but it's it's really as a neat thing to to be a part of, and I think one you know one thing that makes everybody's hometown special are those those things that unite uh, yeah. unite people and bring bring people together of different backgrounds, and and there's just no doubt that in St. Louis, it's it's the Cardinals.
0: Yeah. What uh, what was growing up in St. Louis like?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I think it was a probably a, a traditional sort of midwestern um, you know upbringing, and uh, I, you know, I grew up on the north side of the community, Ferguson, uh, Ferguson area. Just was, you know, really blessed to be a part of a great community. Fortunate to, you know, have incredible parents and, and you know, maybe what I felt to me like just an idyllic childhood of, of family time. We all played every sport you can think of, sort of outside, enjoying, uh, the space until somebody called you home for, for dinner every night, and it, it it was a really really neat place.
0: Yeah. So you were a multi-sport athlete in high school. Went on to college. Uh, we're, we're, now you went to Clemson. Did you go to Brevard?
1: I did. So speaking, you know, we were talking about Title IX earlier. So when yeah. I came out of high school, there still weren't um, significant numbers of, of uh, soccer programs across the country. So for for example, Missouri, uh, you know, I'm a, my institution, uh, the institution in my home state didn't yet have a women's soccer program. Well, and St. Louis
0: so, is such a huge soccer town too.
1: It, it really is. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I was actually just coming out at about the time it was starting to explode. So there were Division I programs at the time, but people, uh, Bard College. Um, I had had a connection through uh, my club coach, which was a private at the time was a private two year uh, institution. And they were, uh, I think my year, we, we didn't win the championship, but we were number two in the country. And so wow. in a beautiful place in the mountains of North Carolina. I just love the outdoors too. So it was an opportunity to go there as all of these Division One programs got started, and so that was a piece of the piece of the puzzle. And I just I loved my experience um, at Fur and and when I came out, Clemson was uh, was just starting their program. As a matter of fact, the, the visits that I I would have taken. Um, coming out of uh, there would have been Wake Forest, Auburn, you know, Clemson, UNC Charlotte. They they were all brand new programs, and so wow. you know today um, you, you just don't think about about uh, them not being around. But that yeah. that was a part of my experience, and was fortunate to to have those opportunities, you know, come about when I was when I was at uh, in college.
0: Being a student athlete, uh, I'm sure, has a tremendous uh, impact uh, today uh, in your role as an athletic uh, director. Talk about that, uh, you know, being, you know, having walked the walk, as they say, what that means to you as you do your job on a daily basis uh, running the athletics department there.
1: Yeah, you know, for me, I think it just—it's just, um, it's just a, a real understanding of what that process feel like. Feels like, you know, those moments of joy and excitement, and the and the heartache when things don't go your way. And sometimes that means maybe you weren't getting the the, the opportunity you wanted to on the on the field, or your team loses a big game. But but I think you just have an an idea of all of the pieces. Of, of that experience that are impactful to our young men and women today. And some of those happen on the field, some of them happen off the field, but that's why it's so important to me. It's why I'm so passionate about ensuring they have that opportunity because I, I am the person I am today because of the opportunities I had in sport. Um, and, and not just the successful uh, mm-hmm. moments in sport, but also those that were challenging and created. Yeah. Um, you know, opportunities to learn how to be resilient and and right. be responsive, um, and it's just a special moment. Uh, actually, President Burns uh, here, who as you know was also a Division One athlete, we talk about this all the time. How what what would we do to go back and pick your hardest day as an athlete and just do that again? Um, it just it, just that that being in that putting on that uniform for the first time, being with your teammates. Um, you know, whether it's your toughest fitness day, <laughs> yeah, you know, whatever you think is the most challenging. I mean, those you just want to cherish those the, those times and and want your athletes to experience that in the same way that I did. Yeah. How about
0: role models? Yeah, you, uh, you know, as you look back and reflect, uh, uh, everyone has uh, usually multiple people. Any, any one or two people you could single out as really an important role model.
1: Well, I think you know, from the time I was a um, a kid, I, there's the, you know, I think it may be uh, cliche to, to talk about your your parents that way, but sure. but certainly they are. And and like I, I mentioned earlier, you know, my mom was an athlete. She played basketball. Um, and until I, I mean, I was, I think I was working at Butler. I brought her to her first WNBA game. Uh, we went to watch the Fever play, and she'd always told me that back in her day they made them play half court. Well, I thought half court meant checking the ball. I didn't yeah. realize <laughs> that it, it, that's that they just couldn't cross the half line, uh, half halfway uh, point, and yeah. so I just you know, I, and I saw her playing you know softball as a uh, as an adult in the church league down the down the street, um, and so I I also saw her and my father raising four children, you know, working um, and trying to make ends meet and all of those other things, and so it was always a, a I think just someone that you could. They, they were people that wanted us to be the best we could for, and wanted us to find our own path, whatever mm-hmm. that path might be. And so certainly that, that was, um, they have continued to guide me, but as a, you know, as a, as a, as a young kid trying to figure out who they are and, and what their place is in the world um, I had some really tremendous role models and my professional career. I mean, I've got an incredibly long list. I've just been so mm-hmm. fortunate to have champions, um, uh, people that really, uh, embraced me and, and, tried to help me, um, find my way. My college coach, um, uh, which would have been really unique back in the day, but, a uh, husband and wife team, but Tracy, Tracy Bates-Leon, um, uh, really pushed me into college athletics. I would not be sitting here today unless she's, she just thought I should try coaching. And because of her, I was, I was able to do that. And, you know, there, uh, Dr. Sue Willie, who just retired down at UND mm-hmm. a year ago, when I was a young coach and administrator, um, I, I didn't even work at her school. Um, uh, but she took time to, to, to provide, you know, guidance and, and, uh, be impactful. So it's a really long, long list of, of coaches along the way. And I mean, even you Talked about Gino earlier. In addition to having a chance to work with him, I, there wasn't a Saturday or Sunday morning I didn't wake up and he was sending me an article from whatever the New York Times on some woman that had broken the glass ceiling in in the business world, and he'd say, "Hey, you 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 keep at it." Um, so you you know you got to surround yourself um, with with people like that who are who are vested in your your future yeah. success.
0: Yeah, you 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 mentioned coaching. You did get into coaching. You were you, you coached soccer, right?
1: I did, I did. Talk I missed it every day. Experience?
0: <laughs> how was how was coaching?
1: Yeah, well, you know, I was so young, Gary. I, um, I was an assistant for a year, and Division two school, and um, there were kids on the team that I actually I played with growing up. So you know, uh-huh. they had an injury or whatever. But the gentleman, it was a um, that was the head coach at the time. It was a part time job for him, and his full time job took him out of the um, out of the state. And so here I was, I think all of 22 and they're looking around, I think by default, they said, well, I guess we're going to have to let her have a shot at it. And so, um, oh, I, I still feel for the first crew of kids because I had no <laughs> idea, uh, what I was doing for the first couple of years, but, uh, you know, it was just such an impactful thing to be able to, you know, be, to, to, to share your passion for, for sports, to sort of learn your way, um, through that experience and the, 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 relationships you have and can build, um, I think when you're, when you're coaching are just second to none. And so I miss that part of it every day. I don't miss the games as much as I miss practice and the, you know, and, and the preparation pieces I, I really enjoyed, but, but yeah, it was a great experience. And I think really, you know, it gives me some perspective that's helpful as I manage coaches, um, you know, now today looking ahead you uh,
0: one of the big projects you've had there at at ball state is putting together a five-year strategic plan for Mm uh for the athletics department as you look out into the future you look at that plan what are some of the kind of key pillars if you will or things that uh, you want to see happen with ball state athletics
1: yeah you know i think the the thing with any strategic plan particularly in our industry today right is you've got to be nimble and and maybe Mm -hmm. shift a little bit and so i think there's some of the pillars that that we've established that are consistent and always will be. And those are some of the the pieces that make college athletics important. So obviously competitive uh success and and uh you know ensuring that we're putting a a great support system around their academic uh goals and achievements. But I do think that as we look out maybe into the next couple years of of that strategic plan, some of the things we'll have to to tweak is the environment around student athlete experience and I can put a lot of things in that bucket are going to be really critical. Because the support mechanisms that are needed for student athletes today are really critical so how are we, um, how are we providing mental health services as 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 the you know the, the world around us deals with more stress and anxiety? Um, What are the components in and around um, providing support to student-athletes to really help them develop that we can lean into, like student-athlete nutrition? Um, And so how are we helping them not just Telling them from an X and O standpoint, but how are we helping to develop and grow student, uh, grow them as uh, in their athletic performance, sports performance, the technology in and around sport um, is, is really just incredible. Um, and so I think you're tracking on all those things as well as what is, what does it mean to be a division one athlete and mm-hmm. you know, what's going to be here 23, 25 um and 2030 and how do we be successful um where we sit here at ball state as a member of the mid-american conference in the in the group of five um how, how do we continue to provide that level of experience with you know with the the different levels of financial resources required providing broad-based programs um and and being a again a key component of our institution like ball state's overall mission to um, you know, to maintain enrollment levels and contribute uh, contribute in other areas. So, um, it'll continue to evolve. But I, I think uh, it's it's really critical that we keep keep a focus on on what's important to the, the student athlete and how do we navigate that in a new world.
0: Yeah, you talk about the MAC and one thing certainly television is is very important to, to, to college athletics. And the MAC, to me, I think they've got a great. Television package. I love watching football on on Tuesday and Wednesday. It's action, right? Uh, I, I love watching it. Does that is that a, a benefit to uh, Ball State and, the, and the, more broadly the MAC to have that that TV package?
1: Yeah, it's it certainly is, and I know um, you know I wasn't a part of the league when that first came to be, and there there are challenges with mm-hmm. that setup, uh, but from a, a television revenue standpoint, it's certainly been advantageous for for the MAC to be the only game on in town, so mm-hmm. to speak, because um, everybody watches action. I did before I joined the league because if you're a college football fan, you're watching the college football game uh, that's right. on um you know as i've talked to our student-athletes because it's a little bit harder to navigate attendance and Things like that on a Tuesday night in the middle of right. November, right um, here in Muncie. But they appreciate the opportunity for the same reason we do, because that exposure allows them to be seen by family and friends across across the country. So I, I think it's uh, it's just been a, a huge benefit for the league. I think they've done a great job in branding and embracing what that can mean uh, for us, and we're excited to 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 see that continue.
0: And one more thing as we look forward, now you're on the division one college basketball committee. Right. And you, you will ultimately be the chair of that committee, right?
1: Yeah, I was the vice chair um, this year and and uh, feel really fortunate to have the opportunity to, to serve as the chair leading into, um, you know, what will be the 23 championship. Um, so some exciting things going on there. That championship is going to be played in Dallas uh, next year. As a matter of fact, it'll actually uh, Dallas is going to play host to Division one, two II, and three championships all at the same same really? time, um, which will be a neat uh, experience of that but um you know there's been a lot of um publicity around some of the equity challenges that yeah. have existed over the years and so it's a fun time to be a part of that and um we just have a a, a great uh group of 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 people that um help lead in that space and um i'm, I'm glad to be a part of that team
0: beth gets the director of athletics at ball state uh, university beth it's been a real treat to uh to chat with you. Really appreciate you joining me on the podcast and uh, really do appreciate the job you're doing at Ball State because you're elevating uh, not only athletics, but the university as well. So continued success to you.
1: Thank you so much. Have a great day. appreciate you having me on. All right. And
0: thank you for joining us on this edition of the Business and Beyond podcast presented by PNC. It is a weekly conversation with achievers in business, sports, entertainment, and beyond. And you can download all of our episodes and get Indiana Business News 24-7. All you have to do is go to InsideIndianaBusiness.com. I'm Gary Dick. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.